0: There were times, like, we would go to Coachella and had that ballin' ballin' house. Dude, that was a different time for my Coachella (laughs) days. Like, now going to Coachella, it's a lot
1: different because I'm, like, searching for hotel rooms and stuff like that, figuring out where we're going to stay. That was, like, an out-of-this-world experience because, like, it was a full estate I have found that doing podcasts over two hours, uh, I start to figure Were yours free. two hours? No, but I've been on a few that were just like, yo, is this over? Like, I don't have anything else to say. I know. <laughs> yeah, once it stopped, like, yeah, we, we kind
0: of hit a mark. Like, I kind of know where we are. They'll, they'll, they might tell me, and then we kind of can wrap it up. No, it's but... all good. It's all good. All right. Yeah. Uh, am I sounding all right? I think You're you good. sound great. All right. Is this How, how do, were you guys doing it before, like, when you did your podcast?
1: So, before COVID, we were doing it in person. Um and we would just have like we would go to friends' houses that like have like, have like studio this. setups. Yeah. yeah. And they would just help us record them and then we'd hire everyone to cut it and shit. We we <laughs> I tried to like teach myself to cut podcasts and it was like Yeah. I can't do it. We yeah. always needed help, which is like a big reason why we like had to stop because I, I, we just realized how much work goes into putting together like an hour long episode, no, cutting sure. them, cutting all of our ums and likes and you know, all that shit. It was yeah. like, dude, this, this is tedious shit.
0: I know it's a, it's a full thing. Like I've been telling our intern squad here that I have in the building. Like, I mean, these are new mediums though. I think that are just not going to go away. I mean, you, you started doing it a couple years ago. I think you guys were right when everyone was starting to do it too. I mean, we recognize that this is what artists are going to do and directors and actors and, brands like i think it's just uh it's a new like yeah it's a new whole new job it's a whole new career people are going to be doing yeah no
1: doubt i mean yeah. and like people want to hear from their super you know their their stars like who they love their influencers like yeah. and podcasts provide that kind of opportunity to like bridge that channel in an interesting way through audio and video and like you can get so much content from episodes like it's crazy these days
0: i know that and that's the thing like yeah we found like we'll find little cut downs that we can use for socials and whatnot. But yeah. um yeah, you gotta
1: meet my buddy um Andrew Cram. Yeah. He runs Where Are All My Friends podcast. I and I think he,
0: I've seen that on socials maybe. Yeah, he's
1: uh he's another partner in version three. Um but oh cool. He also has Where Are All My Friends. You guys just need to cross pollinate because he's love doing that. the same thing. He's talking to music people and different you know, he's expanded into like real estate like Kevion and shit like that. Yeah, you gotta connect with them. Cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna put you two together.
0: Yeah. I guess we'll do a little intro because I was talking. But All right, yeah, we that. just like jumped into it. No, okay, no, so this do is I have how, to do, uh, I love this shit. No. Uh, I miss this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is exactly, I know, I had Abby, my co-partner uh, here, like three hours ago, runs Doja House with me. I brought in a female partner. Yeah, And it's like, she's kind of nervous, and then she got it on. She's like, oh, this is, yeah, okay, I'm in it. Yeah, And like same with Lunt yesterday, uh, like it just flows. It's yeah. just a combo, just flowing like we were just talking outside. But yeah, I guess I'll just go into the first now two or three minutes that we've been in. But yeah, Nobody Gets a Podcast. I'm here with Ben Farber, known for a long time. Uh, Yeah, we're going to kind of get into that because when I first moved to LA and had some opportunities at the foreground, like you were right there and we developed a really cool friendship. And I've always been someone I've talked to throughout the years and admire your career path. So I wanted to. Have you on today and just talk?
1: No, I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, dude. Like it's it's actually funny hearing you say and taking us all the way back to like when we first met, dude. We've like known each other now for twenty twenty
0: three. I'd say maybe ten years, maybe more, dude. Because I was in New York still, right? When you were doing, you were coming, and you I joined
1: Pandora in twenty
0: thirteen. Okay, August twenty thirteen.
1: Yeah, and Jess, yeah, our mutual friend, joined. um, I think a month after me, Mm -hmm. and then we must have met. Um, probably when we did a show in New York.
0: Yeah, because I think I was still living... I actually remember this vividly cause I might use a picture of this, but yeah, there's a picture of like me and Jess and then uh like our two other girls, like Laura and Julia and yep. then Bob and Scott at a Pandora event. I think it was a winter, like a winter New York show. Yep. And uh yeah, we're all wearing funky weird stuff, but yeah, that was like, yeah, 20, 2013 when we're 23. So do we know each other 10 years That's now. fucking wild to yeah, think decade, about. Yeah. A decade. Yeah.
1: yeah. You guys were fucking nuts. <laughs> <laughs> we were, dude. We and were. I loved every minute of it. You guys were, were a really good crew for it sure. Was but... right
0: out of college. Three, it felt like friends. We had the guy guy's apartment in like um, uh sty town of New York city, 20th and first and the girls Jess, shout out Jess too, because we got to give her a shout out. She, we she's have like, to. you boys begging me a shout out. <laughs> um, but the g- Jess plus four other girls in a two bedroom, like apartment in Murray Hill. I remember that like fucking walls up in the living room. Yeah. And, but yeah, we were 23 out of college and just like loving, like she joined Pandora. I think all, all of us kind of had these cool, like kind of roles at the time. And it was like really gearing up to how the future could be. But uh yeah, it was a lot of fun and I'm super happy, like you know, you and her just clicked as friends like right away and it feel like you were just instantly part of like our our group and every event we'd have. Like I was just so happy to see you and party
1: with you. Yeah, dude. It was a lot of fun. How how is everyone good? Everyone's everyone's
0: like, good, man. They're all they're all like, you know, married with up. kids. Yeah. Out of the city yep. in Stanford. I'm Uncle Danny to all their kids. An- incredible. Jess's daughter Peyton and Bob and Laura's kid, Luke and they all have kids. So yeah, I've like, know I've seen it. Yeah. I
1: follow everyone on still on Instagram and like, yeah, it's uh, yeah. it's good to see everyone um, like growing up. But. Yeah,
0: I saw them like two months ago, and yeah, it's just crazy how it's just progressed like that. Um, yeah, it's wild. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's crazy how that time flies. But then, yeah, we would go to, uh, yeah, you were Pandora for a long time, but I just remember very memorable moments of my like, you know, career, like Jess would give me these positions to shoot Pandora events. So I would be able to like work with you guys from the content side and cover, you know, artists and stuff. And there were times like we would go to Coachella and had that ballin' ballin' house. Dude, that
1: was a different
0: time for my Coachella (laughs) days.
1: Like now going to Coachella, it's a lot different because I'm like searching for hotel rooms and stuff like that, figuring out where we're going to stay. That was like an out of this world experience because like it was a full estate where they have like it's used for weddings and events that's it yeah and pandora we like we always just wanted to go to coachella we would do an event on saturday from like one to four sponsor was always like Mm -hmm, t-mobile t-mobile um but yeah, we would get the whole ha- the whole estate for the whole weekend.
0: Yeah, that, yeah, We would yeah. just uh, pack that out. We'd all just stay for the whole weekend. I I'd stay in the guest house. And I'm like, how is like... Yeah, you'd stay in the house. I like, how is like, I'm a videographer. And I got like a guest house room. But like, yeah, tennis courts and yeah. two or three pools. And it was just so fun because yeah, there's like you and Jess and Allison and Liz. Like, oh man, like it was such a good core for like me to see. Because yeah, I'd say Pandora was probably the first brand that, like, trusted me with their visuals and before Avier Nation, because this is, yeah, a little bit yeah. before, and, yeah. like, it was just so awesome to have people, like, Jess was obviously my best friend from college, but, like, seeing how awesome you are as a friend, but also as a professional. Yeah. Same with all the rest of them who I was named. But, yeah, it was very, um, I don't know, it was a very good first, like, comforting thing that I'm like, oh, this is, like, how, like, working with your friends can be, like yeah. you know? Dude, so. well, a lot
1: of credit to you, man, because watching you and what you have done over the years, I mean, you took that opportunity, and, like, it's kind of fucking wild for me to see what you're involved with now yeah. from that point. Like, so, dude, like, props to you for just taking and running that, man. Thank you, man. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah it's, been, it's been a lot of fun. It's, like, being that brand, you know, content person, seeing where it was provided, and then, yeah, the Dave Your Nation and, you know, their music festivals. And I leveraged that to just be friends with artists like Griffin and Quinn 92 and the Chainsmokers. Dude, Rory, like all those people, man,
1: you started to like name these names and I would be like, dude, I'm fucking fans of all these people. And
0: you're like plugged in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all these dudes just like, they all paid it forward. Like Rory especially, like he was the first one to give me like a wristband to go shoot the Chainsmokers at ACL and like... I remember I was like you know I met up with him and I was like walking away he's like Danny like I got a wristband for you I'm like holy shit like what do I do and this is an amazing opportunity and he was just like just pay it forward and I think that's always like stuck with me yeah what he said to me and like giving opportunities just like to all these ones that I have this summer it's just like you never know when you give opportunities to people where they're gonna go yeah. and what you they'll remember for you by doing that in the at the very like heyday in the foundation years. Dude, one
1: hundred percent. I yeah. mean, this this business, the entertainment business, there are so many different sectors of it. Right, like I'm on the recorded music side. You're yeah. on the content creation side. Yeah. There's agencies. There's there's uh, uh marketing agencies. There's like there's just so there's managers. Right, mm-hmm. like everyone. It's so fucking small. Yeah. Like dude, I like even to this day when I go to a Spotify event now, I see a lot of the people that produce the Pandora events. Oh yeah. And it's like, whoa, you know? So like even though we don't really work in in the same capacities on a daily basis, you start to over time see that like everyone is kind of flowing in this like really small circle. Mm-hmm. And to your point like paying it forward and like building those positive relationships, that to me is the key to success in the music business. Period. Yeah. Like that's it. Yeah. Everything else is hard work and like it'll just come to you as as end time yeah right like we can sit here now and say that we've both been doing this for years Seriously. ten plus years for you seven yeah. almost I think it was 16 for me now like yeah whoa you know yeah. um so
0: yeah. It's, what it's, was the first, so 16, before Pandora, what were you doing? How, why did you want to get into music? I mean, we can touch and like, I love that you and I, I honestly, actually now in a few podcasts now, we've been talking about Blink-182 has come up a lot. Oh God, yeah. Got, yeah, I mean, you, you get you get smiley with that. I do too. And it's like, I got to work with Travis and like, I think I was saying on one of the podcasts, like for me, the thing I love about music videos is like, yeah, getting to work with people that you grew up with, with posters on your wall. Yeah. And now they're here just like trusting with the creative and that's been awesome. And like I even lunch yesterday we were talking about how they're on tour with them and stuff. And yeah. It's for us, it's like, yeah, the people we grew up with, we're getting to work with. And I think you're you're special when you make those moment connections with people too. Yeah. Um yeah, it's like how did you get into music? Like what what started you wanting to get into all this?
1: Um, so I started I mean, I've always been a, a lover of music all yeah. the way until since I was I can remember. Um my mom sent me into the boys chorus. I love telling you that because it's so fucking funny now. I was there, dude. <laughs> yeah. <you> really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then, you know, like, I I also had a love for sports, and yeah. I got really into skateboarding. And skateboarding became, like, my every day, week, every weekend type of thing. Mm-hmm. And then skate videos came into the picture. And so, like, my mom would buy me CDs here and there and stuff like that. Like, I think I remember she handed me a Fiona Apple CD once. And I was like this is cool like well, i don't know i don't know what this music is but then when i started watching skate videos is where like punk came into my picture so mm-hmm. it was like probably like 12 13 and like that's where my love of like buying cds started to really like kick in like, sam Goody,
0: f- fye days. dude warehouse
1: that was the warehouse dude yeah uh, uh that was my spot but yeah where'd
0: you where'd you grow up
1: i grew up i'm from san francisco bay originally yeah. bay area cool um yeah specifically in Marin, Sausalito. Nice. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like my, my friends and I, we would all like start talking music and like trading CDs and buying CDs and stuff. And um, so punk was like really where I like fell in love with music on, on a daily basis. And then um, it just carried mm-hmm. like Blink, as you said, is... My favorite band of all time at this point for a number of different reasons that I don't need to get into right now. But <laughs> that'll be another yeah, that podcast episode. Yeah, I'd like exactly. To bring you
0: back. We're going to do a one whole thing on Blink. I, the, I'd be happy to do yeah. that. Yeah.
1: Um. But yeah, it just kind of carried, and um, you know, I I learned to play the guitar. I wanted to be in a. I played in a few bands. I mean, we went nowhere, but we would play like garage shows, and it was just so much fun, which is crazy because I relate a lot of the conversations that I have in the in my meetings now in the label to like what i was doing as a kid which is which is funny we could talk about that but um yeah but yeah i i went to college in ohio and it was a it was a very drastic kind of experience for me as far as coming from san francisco and that's where i started you know, my mom was like, you got to start figuring out what you're going to do in your life. And I was like, fuck, I don't know. But she she was like, you know, you love music. I was like, yeah, I love music. She was like, you should consider the music business. And mm-hmm. I was like, wow, I've never really considered like me working in music professionally. Yeah. Um, and I was fortunate enough to have a family friend um, who is par- practically, I would say, my, my step and dad today that plugged me into an internship at Interscope here in LA. Oh, cool. So Interscope. At, I didn't Interscope know that. Okay. was the first place. Yeah, cool. 2006, I came down here for a summer and at that time internships they don't pay money um they were much different experience from today but i got to learn the inner workings of working at a marketing department at a major one of the major labels for sure and i did that for two solid summers mm-hmm. and then um I, I went back back and forth to Interscope. Um, where I worked for the same dude, Tony Regan. Shout out to my buddy, Tony, who's one of my mentors to this day now. Awesome. He plugged me into um, a job um, in digital marketing in 2008 once I graduated from college. Cool. And I had no fucking clue what that was. (laughs) (laughs) It was was a small boutique label where at the time, major labels didn't have digital teams. They called it new media. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they would have like one or two people doing it. Yeah. So they would hire out these companies to help with like blog posts and getting yeah, because you said two thousand eight, right?
0: Two thousand eight, so Twitter like, didn't exist, right? The Instagram, Instagram was. I not, mean, I don't think we even had like social media yet on our phones. No, like yeah, because I mean, Facebook was yeah. obviously that was yeah. like the only thing, but like yeah, yeah. but it, it wasn't mobile. It wasn't. You have to still log in from the computer. Like it wasn't like it was just like yeah, on your dude. Phone. Fuck, you're right. So that's even like yeah, it still wasn't like where it is today, where it's like always at your fingertips. Yeah. Um. But yeah, yeah. So they it. would that's hire us like
1: like Tumblr. tumblr was a big one you know like what 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 are we doing what's the strategy on tumblr so anyways (laughs) um that was really cool because usually when you start in the music business um you know at at a label or management company you're starting off as an assistant Mm -hmm. right like that's where it all kind of begins for a majority of of people in the business for me it was a nice i felt like i almost skipped that step because i was like the marketing manager for Warner, Atlantic, Interscope, Columbia, working with these digital teams mm-hmm. who I know a ton of them now to this day, which is so wild. but um, so yeah, and I handled specifically rock and alternative because that's my that's my lane. Yeah, so I got to do a lot of really cool stuff. one campaign was blink when they put out neighborhoods. that was in two two thousand and twelve when they got back together. nice, but dude, Pandora walked into my office, Vix walked into my oh, office. oh yeah, 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 and um she. Like Pandora was obviously, you know, there. Like people knew who it was. Like in from as far as a music business standpoint, but um, no one was really paying attention to it because Mm -hmm. it was, it was kind of ruining the business at the time. Yeah. Um, But she came in and she started talking about what Pandora was doing with artists, and she showed me—I'll never forget it. She put up Pandora on the screen, and it was Selena Gomez, and it was a sponsored by Toyota campaign. And she was showing me there's audio liners in here, and it did. 200 000 station ads in the first 24 hours and i was just like yeah holy shit that that's this is fucking cool <laughs> did
0: she do this for you or a no the, uh, okay, the, cool. the whole team yeah yeah she's doing a presentation gotcha gotcha
1: and um yeah she uh i, I was just blown away i was like dude I, I have to be at this company um and i i again i was always so involved with one interested in tech so I just, like, I don't know, a light bulb went off in my head. That like, this is the future of where I need to be. Yeah. Um, so that's
0: when you just know. You have a feeling, right? Like, you had a feeling. Yeah, you were like, if I, there's something about this that, like, I can, like, elevate, I can learn from, or this is just where I'm seeing it to go. And then, yeah, you just kind of make that jump, and you probably, yeah. Yeah,
1: so I reached out to Vix blindly because I didn't actually, my buddy Shane was the one that set the meeting up with Vix mm-hmm. And she got back to me. And she was totally willing to meet me. I was like, can we meet for lunch? I'm just so interested. Yeah. And um, she was like, "Um, absolutely. And what she's, what's your phone number? And I responded with 415, which is the Bay Area phone number. Yeah. Coveted now at this point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but she was like, oh, you have a 415 number. Like, I have a 415 number. Are you from the Bay? And dude, that was like the moment where we... Like, we clicked. We, yeah. we met up for lunch and we just like bonded right away. Vix is obviously, as you know, an absolute gem.
0: I remember your guys' uh, series of Let's Be Emo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are great. Those are awesome. Those yeah. were, you guys were consistent with that. We were. And you, it became it. a thing, you know. I kind of look
1: at it now, like, I don't know if I could do it now. It's a different time, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, if Blink was there and all three of them were there, I would bring it back one more time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, Hell yeah. Uh, but yeah, she um, she brought me on. Um, a couple months later, we kept talking, and an opportunity came up to kind of help her out, and that's where it all began. Twenty thirteen, awesome. Um, yeah, and then, and and then, then um,
0: yeah. How how long were you with Pandora?
1: Five years. Five years. It was about four and a half. Um, and obviously, as you know, like there was major changes in the business. Oh, definitely, and definitely. What, what was going on in culture and streaming, and um, as you know, like we got to do such cool shit. Like I don't. I look up back at Pandora now as upsetting at the time that it was i got laid off Mm -hmm. um with the mass layoffs which at the time i was super upset about because i pandora was such a pivotal time in my life and it meant so much to me that it hurt yeah right but like looking back on it it couldn't have been a more perfect time to, to for me to move on. And I look back, it was one. Of, it, it is the best experience I have had in my professional clear, yeah. uh, career so far. Like, I didn't even feel like that was a job. because yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. so we just were having so much fun, doing really cool, big shit with artists. But um, it was also a great transition into what I do now. Yeah. Um, so I took six months off, recharged my batteries, and I had wanted to go to another DSP, mm-hmm. um, which we call in the business, streaming service. Mm-hmm and um you know those jobs are very coveted and hard to get they're competitive i understand why um, But there was an opportunity at Warner a brand new position for the um for a, a streaming lead of rock and alternative at Warner Records um, and Warner Records is historically it has historically been a rock label they have some of the biggest rock artists we're talking my chem linkin park uh muse green day yeah uh the list f- goes on neil young tom petty like yeah just, back in just those, era yeah yeah and i was like dude this is sick like i read the job description it was like you will be the lead to partner with spotify apple amazon for the rock alternative roster yeah and i was like and also
0: like the catalog right just the whole like catalog? yeah cool
1: everything That's fire um and i was fortunate enough to land that job yeah um <clears throat> it's been five years now um, and it's been an incredible experience. I, I'm, I'm officially, I'm, I'm the VP of streaming strategy for rock alternative. And now we have a roster of country artists. So I also spearhead all of the country, uh, streaming strategy. So, yeah. which has been exciting. Um, yeah. cause of, uh, Zach Bryan being our, 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 our main
0: focus. That's yeah. Been, and he's having big moments right now, right? Huge. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah.
1: If you don't know Zach yet. You should get on board. He is an incredible, incredible artist. I'm not saying that because I work with him.
0: He is just an incredible talent. Yeah. How Uh, how closely do you get to work with some of these artists? Like very. Yeah.
1: Very. Um. You know, it just depends uh, day to day. You know, I'm not talking to these artists every single day, but you know, if we have something going on specifically in the streaming space um, that involves their participation, um, I'm you know, I'm talking to them, and then um, some artists I have a relationship with where we talk pretty frequently every single release and mm-hmm. it just kind of depends i try not to bring that barrier too close if it if it's not needed yeah um i'm usually talking to managers and internal folks most of the time right right as yeah. we all do yeah, yeah, yeah but I mean, like, but yeah no i've gotten to meet, talk with Zach a ton like he's a he's a, he's a great guy it's, yeah. it's just incredible to see that's that story has been my most exciting from seeing an artist of his stature come to where it's at this quickly like,
0: that's that's where my next question was gonna be like who's the most exciting one like you're feeling now or you have been and I guess you it has to that. be Zach,
1: you yeah. know, like I, I, I can talk about a number of different instances mm-hmm. and a, a number of different artists that has been so much fun to watch, like watching the rise of Omar Apollo and where okay. he's come. Yeah. Uh, we just put out Gus Dapperton's album um, who he was on a wall. He's an alt pop um, uh, artist from Brooklyn, fucking incredible dude. So yeah. And then I can go all the way down to um, my version three side and, you know, blue eyes and Banshee and baby bucks. There's, there's too many, yeah. Um, but yeah, Zach is obviously like, you know, he's playing stadiums, so yeah. it's it's pretty wild.
0: Yeah, we might touch back into that. But when you say version three, yeah, it's a funny story with how I found out about version three because I like we were talking about on Lunt's podcast yesterday was uh yeah, little context is yeah we started the Cindy Rock label in 2020, um, staying in the lane of rock, and in 2021 I you know came across a band Beauty School Dropout on TikTok. Saw them just with their kick-ass covers, man. They were making those kick-ass covers. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I think I put on my story and one of my friends was friends with Alex and told Alex. And then they came over the, like the next day, Alex, Nick Lipman, you know, they're all sitting here in our house like blown away. Like, Did the okay. boys come too? Uh, no, the boys didn't come the first time. The second, oh, okay. the second time I think I met, I think I went to their apartment um after like you know they were vibing me yeah um but the whole time they're like okay like what are you guys doing like what's going on here like okay we do production we do this we're this and they were intrigued by us like really intrigued with us yeah i don't know if they like he wouldn't say i don't i I don't think they were sold yet on our business model which fair because we were a year old for sure and uh we probably didn't have yet what we were trying to do and that's why like yeah like i met the boys and all but we were trying to put a deal in front of them and we even went to like Wade's old pro, uh, management company, Third Brain, yep. um, like JQ Dell and Alec Udell and tried even getting a deal in place to package to them. And yeah, all along they were telling us like, man, we, there's some sweet offer on the table that we, if you guys hit us up like two months before, like maybe. And, oh, uh, and we knew it wasn't a major, but we were like someone like us. And then we come to find, like we had a deal. I remember hitting up Alex like, yo, we just signed an hour ago. And I was so down and I'm like, fuck, man, like we we're so close. And we were both jangling on our on our end to talk to people. But then I go in here. Oh, it's version three, and it's Ben Farber was is somewhat a part of this, and I just I was not I was not mad anymore because I was <laughs> I like, and, I, that. and you know what? I also said to Alex, I'm like, well, if I recognize what Ben recognized, I must be something right because yeah. that man knows good music, <laughs> and the you. fact that he found them before I did. Uh, at least i at least i have something that yeah like you guys are on the forefront you're always a great person that has a good ear and yeah anyways the context yeah you signed you did a deal with bsd with them and i did i did not care at all when i found out it was you because i'm like (laughs) yo i'm I'm, kudos to him and then we still did a music video under version three in my company yeah and uh, that was cool we did in this house right here I i don't know if you recognize that but we did that demons music video all up in this house um, I, I don't think I knew that, we actually. We cleared out the living room. Honestly, the red curtains out there haven't moved since we did the music video. Oh, my God. No way. And uh, yeah, we just put some money together. I was still down to make a director thing. And you guys were working the song. And I'm happy how uh, I, I, there was a way that we still collaborated in that way. No,
1: totally. Totally. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's nice to openly talk about it with you because I don't think we've ever actually I, I didn't know the story. I think about we like texted
0: about it afterwards. Cause I was like, yeah, like I think we talked about it a little bit, but yeah. I don't think you knew the story of like, yeah, man, we worked so hard to like make a deal in front of them and give them what they wanted. And, um, yeah, they like Alex said, like, yeah, you present a good deal, but they were already, you know, in such good, um, camaraderie with you and the other version three guys that they wouldn't feel right. And honestly, I wouldn't feel right either if I was, if it was rule reversal, either. So yeah, I appreciate
1: that. Well, we were. I mean, it was crazy on on our side because uh, BSD was was basically our first like really big signing. Yes, yeah. version three. Like we we had a couple artists that we worked with before. Like the you know one of them still with us to this day. But like um, I remember talking to Lunt, and Lunt has always he, he's. He's a persistent dude. Like I love, I love that I guy. He's always been reaching out to me over the years. Like yeah. we've created friendship, but I, you know, we give a lot of each other, uh, uh, each other a lot of shit. But I do give him credit. Like he's always stayed in touch with me and stayed close. And he's always been like, I want to work with you. I want to work with you. And I remember they came to one of my showcases, and the boys came, and I told them that I was starting this thing, and Lunt's fucking ears just went off, and I was like. Yeah, dude, and he sent me the music, and I listened to it. I was like, yo, this is crazy. Oh, and then I went to a show. Yeah. I went to their show. They did um it, at this, like, T-shirt store on fucking um, La Brea, mm-hmm. one of those stores, and it was fucking nuts. I was like, this is this is fucking dope.
0: It's important for an artist to give you a performance or give you a show because there's also, like, we're talking, like, with some artists, like, there's a difference between a performance and there's a difference between a show. And, yeah, I feel like as, as they're still growing up, like, yeah, like when we saw them, when you saw them, when I saw them, like they were just this motley crew energy. Yeah, coming you, out of them. you meet these dudes yeah. like like Bardo, yeah.
1: Coley, and Brent. They're yeah. like you look at them and you're like, these are fucking rock stars. These are rock stars. And these are um, the next it was of rock it was stars. a huge moment for us to 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 land that and like I'm really proud of, of putting out Boys Do Cry. Like I, I I have a lot of love for that. And um like of course it was sad to see them move on. But it's also this full world, full circle for me. Like, they move on from the label that I started to go work with Mark Hoppus and Pete Wentz. Like, what the fuck is going on? That's crazy. We were so stoked. And we also got the opportunity to work on the next album with Verse Wire, who is Nick Littman's label and, Mm -hmm. and Sherry Sadie um which they've done such a great job since and it's just been a crazy ride seeing them like absolutely take off like nothing but love for those guys and launch and those
0: are great points you just brought up like you know like even at me like i you know was giving my flowers to you guys to get them and totally fine like just like you just said about mark and pete but also like you just said Verse wire kind of kept you guys they stayed like the bsd stayed a little loyal to you guys for being the first there and that's awesome that you know, Lippman and, and Sherry didn't like take it any wrong way. No, not at all. Because that's why it's important. Like going where you said a couple minutes ago. Like it's like the more you are here to help people and share and be kind, like the more it's going to be winning for everybody. And. Like yeah, we we did a deal recently with another group, and we're so happy like to do with them and share the share the success with them, and that's what it's all about. Yeah, yeah, man.
1: I mean, there's there's something happening that Josh and I. Josh Apple is my partner, and I also have Andrew Cram, who does where are all my friends podcast. They're mm-hmm. my two partners, but Josh and I are starting to realize that there's something different about how labels should be structured yeah. today. Maybe not majors, like majors will always, they'll always have to adapt and whatever. Right. But the the independent labels, there's like something different about connecting with artists and like being in it for the long term. Agreed. You know, like I say that like, there's really not one thing that's going to pop an artist off anymore. Yeah. You know, like, okay, you can make the argument that TikTok could, blow up a song but does it blow up the artist do kids remember the artist if they are part of the viral moment probably
0: not mm-hmm. There's, are they going to go see that person's show when they're in town are they like, going to buy a ticket gonna, buy, right. buy merchandise are like, they going to go gonna and stream fan? the music like, yeah.
1: who knows yeah. but like now it's more than ever, it's artist development. Yeah. And that's what version three is. We're we're a label, we're a distributor, but more importantly, we like to call ourselves an artist development company. Mm-hmm. And our our artists are going to either stick with us or they're going to move on to bigger things because they need that type of support right now. Sometimes Josh and I can't provide that, right? Yeah. But like, that doesn't mean that they're family and yeah. like that there could be opportunities that come down the line. Um, you know, we just had an artist just today tell us that they're moving to a, a, a bigger label, which we're like, Yeah, we're super sad, but so excited. Like that's wild that we were able to like help them on this journey and it's nothing but love and I'm sure we'll collaborate with them again. So
0: yeah, to your point, like... It's, we tell everyone similar to, like, we want to be the artist's best first and second step to their career.
1: Yeah. And you have to be okay with knowing that the artist is probably going to move on from you one day. That's, like, that's, that's just, a lot of
0: other artists do when they're on majors and everything else. Like, right? they want to go to Island Republic or whatever it is, or maybe they'll completely change their entity artist name and build another artist name up. Right. Um, but, yeah, I think, in, in, but also, like, I think we're fair to these artist development programs or structure and, like... Look, if they go do a deal with them and they're, you're, if they blow up with like, you know, that big label, you're still going to have the project that you worked your ass off and collaborate with that will benefit, reap the benefits of the success. So like, as they keep getting bigger, people are going to stream that album. You've hundred percent. yeah, hundred percent. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, um, yeah. Beauty school has been really exciting. And then, um, from there we have signed 14 artists, I think. Oh, wow. And then we've got one more on the way with, with, um, our boy Lunt. Yeah. And are these
0: like EP projects or singles or what? Well,
1: we do we do project by project. Cool. So um, you know we don't ever want to hold an artist um, to multiple projects. Yeah. Um, our whole thing is that we're gonna we're gonna kick ass so hard that it'll be you know we want to make it difficult for you to have to move on. But you know like if you have to move on, we totally get it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like again, tying artists down to things like that, they, a lot of independent artists don't want that anymore. No, so
0: yeah.
1: Um. They don't so, feel the
0: need like they used to like yeah. decades ago where they felt like they did. Now, like with the, all the platforms and stuff like they, yeah, sometimes can do it on their own or gamble on themselves a little bit more.
1: Yeah. we. So uh, as far as singles and project to project, though, like there has been a few instances where we have done a deals just for a song. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, like we talked about earlier, we try to really find the project or the multiple songs that we're going to work to help tell an arching story from a long term kind it's of important. perspective, right? Yeah, yeah, it's important. Um, yeah, we did. We did uh, one song with Blue Eyes because um, she wanted to do a test run with us, and we loved her so much mm-hmm. um, and the song so much that it was like, no, we 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 have to do this. And fortunately, it led to us doing her next EP, which was Healing Hurts and then it just it went so well that it's just continued into the next EP which we put out on um, the last songs are right about you and then we're going to put out the deluxe next week so it, it's just Beautiful. fucking
0: like you know Yeah how how big is the squad <laughs> at uh at, at version 3
1: Uh there's three of us it's Just three of you There's three of us um myself and then Josh Apple um he's yeah. he works at hopeless records he um oversees streaming sync and radio Cool Um, and he's daddy. Yeah. He's, he's running the show for, for all three of us. Josh, I always tell Josh, I'm investing in you, dude. (laughs) Um, he's the one that always wanted to start a label when he was a kid, but yeah, it's, it's us too. And then Andrew Cram, um, who, uh, he's always, we met through music, he's been in music, but now he focuses on working with this really fucking rad, um, car service called Brace Service. Um, he's way into cars. So he does a lot of content capture and stuff for them, but he's kind of our third partner. That's a little bit more on the back end of things for us. But yeah, it's, it's just the three of us. And then, you know, we, we hire out when we're, we're needed. Yeah. You know,
0: what do you find like the most effective, effective ways to like market an artist, like an independent artist like that? Like, are you finding like, you know, TikTok like collaborations or just like you just pressing UGC them to like do their own content? Like, what have you found to be the most effective or what do you try to strive for like telling the artist this is how we should try to market the song the best well like yeah
1: yeah um i I think it it, depends it really depends of course it always just depends on what the situation is like you know or where the artist is. like for us like we're always pushing
0: like (laughs) ugc you know user-generated content consistently like even our band crooked kings like they found the rhythm in the algorithm of like doing like these, you know, six second, like, you know, it's, it's Ollie, it's our lead singer and having really like engaging text over it of like something that people will, will listen to and read and, you know, be like, Hey, like you're here, you know, you're seeing a first indie band be part of like our come up or crazy story this and that he's found it. He's cracked the code where now like they're just on like, you know, they, they got it. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Have you found anything of your own that you, you kind of think was, has been most effective or
1: for, for us, we always strive to figure out how okay the first the first step always is okay wh- wh- where's the music at mm-hmm. right let's start there and then what's what's the release schedule of the music that's coming out that's where we start because it's important to have a really strong streaming strategy for your releases. Mm-hmm. So, are we working into an EP or? And are when we, you
0: say streaming strategy, like getting on like editorials no, or playlisting?
1: No, that's that's a that's another piece yeah. of the whole pie. But no, mm-hmm. um, playlisting, which we can have a, a conversation about, is is just one aspect. Yeah, it's more so. When are we releasing our first single? When are we announcing the record? Uh, when are we dropping the next single? Uh, when's the record coming out? And there's a consistent cadence there and that depends on Definitely. is it an ep how many songs are on it yeah um what demos do we have after yada yada yeah, yeah from there every artist is different but what i say to every artist is consistency is key within your content you have to you have to dedicate yourself to putting out as much content as you possibly can and every f- fan base is going to be different to what you react you're not going to know what your fan base is going to look for or what's reacting unless you put out tons and tons of content. Um, so, you know, like I give all of the credit to Katie, for example, Katie has found this niche. I'm sorry. Katie is blue eyes. I should okay, say. Cool. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, she's a great example. Like she crushes on TikTok and has found this, you know, her whole, the message is key. What is the message that, is gonna connect with people. Her message is healing, healing hurts. So she really speaks to like, she'll sing lines. Like lyrics these days are more important than any just standard pop song now. It's, mm-hmm. it's the songwriter age is like what I'm, star- I'm starting to see. I could be wrong, but no, that's no, what I'm starting to see. So right. like, you know, for her, she just crushes lyrics, like has lyrics on the screen. It's her singing into them, really connecting. You could feel her. She just had a one pop off just like two days ago. But, like, she puts out so much, so many TikToks that, like, bound, one was bound to happen. And yeah. it happened to happen at, at the perfect time. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing, too, is, like, maybe it's not just TikTok. Like, right now, Reels and YouTube, YouTube shorts, shorts is, like, yeah. f- you could pop the fuck off on those yeah. things.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Instagram Reels. Yeah. yeah.
1: And so, like, how do you monetize... How do you take a piece of content, like you know the the full music video that you shoot? What else are we doing to kind mm-hmm. of complement that? Where we're cutting it all down, and where are we distributing it through? Yeah, so it's just kind of finding those pockets and filling those, and really getting an artist to a, a place a place of being mentally confident to just grind at that. And that's the
0: hardest part sometimes. It's
1: it, it dude. I. <laughs> I give all the credit to every yeah. artist that like puts the time in. Like it is a full time thing.
0: Yeah, we got we got some artists that like. I said Ollie is cracked a code, he's in rhythm, he gets it. He's like, this is my job. I have another artist that you know just can't like get himself to the point where like I'm better than this. He's like, I'm better than this. I can do better than this. And let's like, dude, as soon as we know a better program, we'll let you know. But at the time being, this is kind of what you need to do. And like, yeah, we just need to kind of play this game. And right. you need to also just be able to show authenticity like you know be okay with showing yourself um it's more than more important than ever and it, i think you just gotta communicate with the audience that way if you want to do what a lot of other people are doing and finding like major success 100 like even uh i know we talked about this in the past but like yeah ty verides is someone that we were watching closely on the come up of him yep. back in 2020 or 2021 but like his story is amazing and he stayed consistent and I think you know that camp. I do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they did it great and like, yeah. just kudos to him and other people that just show in no humility or, you know, just fine with themselves and yeah. just gonna go stay consistent. Well, that was
1: also such a, it was a different time yeah. for TikTok and that was Ty, was like, yeah. Ty hit it like yeah, Ty a hit perfect it. <laughs> yeah. time, you know, yeah. and
0: like, there's a bunch of artist
1: examples that I could give that like really capitalized but now, I mean, songs will go viral but like, for only like two weeks, mm-hmm. like, people's attention spans are gone, right? Yeah. And so like those moments are crazy and like 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 Kate Blue Eyes is having one right now, right? Like it's super exciting, but like there's only like 2 weeks to like really capitalize on it and then mm-hmm. what are we doing to to keep the momentum there, right? Mm-hmm. But then after you kind of have that all down and it's flowing, say say you know, we everyone's moving, then that's where kind of Josh and I, you know, we try that's where we do our our side of of, of the work of like okay, who? what partners are we reaching out to? Who's going to be a fan of this? Who's going to champion it? What single are we going to really go after that we need, say, we would like editorial support for, right? Yeah. Like, we're not reaching out to every editor every time. We got this, we got this, we got this. No, no, no. It needs to be a strategic pitch of, like, what is going to help grow this artist in the editorial space. Mm, makes and sense. And on top of that, you know, putting money into ads, um, influencer campaigns like Josh handles a lot of that stuff so it's like okay what pieces are 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 missing there and just rounding out what partners like going after Sirius XM does this make song make sense how are we gonna strategize that with the artist like you know make that happen those types of things are where Josh and I kind of step in and help amplify the project even further yeah and then from there you just you 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 navigate like you put out a song you see how it reacts you see what we missed what we what we accomplished you know, you always want to see the, you know, your release radar is your most important playlist, right? right? right. You hope that every release that you go through throughout the campaign crushes the, the last one. Yeah. Right. Um, it's hard to do that. But if you see that every time, it's like, damn, like that, that to me is a win. Yeah. Like every time. That, That's organic now we're growing growth. organically, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, you're Um, building
0: fans, you're building lots just like people that are going to share it for, yeah, like two weeks span. You're building fans that are going to check out what city they're coming to and buy that merch and like pre-save. Yep. Um, Do you guys take care? Do you guys do pre-saves a lot or do you think they're effective? Yeah.
1: Yeah, pre-saves are are, are somewhat important. Yeah. Um, Pre-saves do not translate to consumption. Right. That's just reality. Yeah. But what pre-saves do do is they do help you gauge, uh, you know, how excited fans are. Mm-hmm. Um and gives you a bullet to talk about if there's not a ton to talk about but yeah. you have thirty thousand pre saves like yeah. that's a that's a good stat to bring.
0: We've had like you know we put out a single or we we started teasing a single like last year uh, and you know one of our bands was and then pretty much like yeah the audience was our A and R they were like they told us like that should be the single with how many pre saves and how much the interaction interactions like oh okay that's gonna be the first single yeah we did not think that was gonna be it but it's still. One of their most like consistent streaming songs but my point being is like yeah there's so many tools out there now where like the audience can be your a r when you tease this on the platforms and kind of tells you oh that's they, they love that six seconds yeah. like Let i mean this.
1: with with blue eyes just recently is perfect example we we've never done this she's never done this but like this song that she's about to put out called ruin my life that's coming with the deluxe this video popped off and her fans were just like when's it when's it coming out and we just like thought like Okay, TikTok doesn't only last like 2 weeks now. Virality is so few and far between. Fuck it. Let's move the the EP up 1 week. She gets to share with her fans that they dictated the move. Yeah. And everyone's excited. She was pumped she was like, "I've never done this." We're like, "We've never done this." And you got to That's another thing too that's really cool is like we get to be nimble with these things. It's being mm. and Josh and an artist. So like what do we want to do? Like w- w- let's go.
0: Yeah. Um, do you guys ever do like any uh like kind of like f- Kind of like false narrative stuff. And I'll give you an example. Like, we did one with our first single, like uh, a couple of years ago, where we had the band go on, like, we made a fake TikTok where they like, you know, called us and was like, "We really want to put this song out." And we had Wade pretend to be like the bad label guy, like, "No, absolutely not. You guys aren't ready." And then, like, then making the, com- the caption, like, "You know, tell us in our comments we should." And it blew up. And we're like, "They're like, fuck that Wade guy." And I even got in there, I'm like, "Yeah, fuck that Wade guy." Like, you there know, was, like,
1: yeah. The only time that we've seen that done is is BSD. The, oh, the yeah. boys did it like for a few times, yeah. and we thought it was just like so funny. It's and funny. It's funny. Like those- our labels not letting us put this out, we we're like, "Yeah, fuck you guys. We're not putting this yeah, out." Yeah, yeah. It's
0: funny, kind of. <laughs> play into that narrative yeah, no, for the for fun. the short being of time where yeah the audience is just very wants to be pro artists and want them there so like yeah. look if we need to take a little bit of little heat like right now for them to kind of get a a narrative going like whatever it can be it might yeah. work and it's it's could work and yeah. yeah yeah those are the funny ways too that we've done and we've done some kind of like yeah. Set up guerrilla marketing stuff. And like to your point, yeah, me and Wade and my two other partners are able to be nimble with these artists. Like yeah. that's the fun part about what you do, what I do. It's like, we're able to answer to ourselves and their needs, but really like sit here in the living room over there and just jam on what's the best idea and not stick to anyone's like corporate structure. Yeah, Not that it's a bad thing, but it's just, it's a different thing. It's a different thing for yeah. sure.
1: But what I, what I'm, what is just like really excited me and is rounding me out, um, is that the experiences that I'm having at V3 are, I'm taking those types of things into Warner. Mm -hmm. You know, like we tried this, you know, so I I would spit that out in a marketing meeting at Warner. You know, so like, and, you know, people have their perceptions of what a major record label is, but at the end of the day, we are there to serve our artists and to blow up our artists. And like the times are changing. The major labels recognize, we recognize that. Like we sit in there and talk about these things yeah. all the time, just like you and I are talking about that in our independent label sites. Mm-hmm. Like how do we be more nimble? Maybe it's a little bit more challenging because like of a corporate structure and there's more people involved. Right. But like major labels are adapting to this too. Oh, for you know, sure. we're moving shit all around all the time. And, and like, it's, it's, it's coming into that where it's adopting to it too, which so that's a, that's pretty cool. I see the balance of those two things kind of like collide for me.
0: Mm-hmm. What's been uh, in the label side of Warner? Like, what's been the biggest like misconception or perception of like working at a label? Like, if that's a good you know question uh, to that ask. we don't
1: care, yeah, you know that we're just there to make money <laughs> yeah. and like be a money machine, yeah, and that we're just there to like suck artists dry and like I just it's not that. No, it's <laughs> no, not that at no. all. I think I I just I. I actually, I it, it like rubs me the wrong way when people start to say that now. Now that I've been in a major label, have I had those thoughts before not being in one? Yeah, maybe. But like, you know, at the end of the day, this is business, right? We're going into the business side of things. And there has to be an understanding of how business operates, right? And the difference is, is for us, our commodity is humans. So it, there's emotions that kind of come into it that you know, opinions kind of, like, rise from it. But, like, at the end of the day, the people that I work with and everyone around me, all the way up to our executives and beyond, they're all massive music fans. They're all working in it because they love music and want to see music move culture. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's that's awesome. Like, we really do care. Do yeah. tough decisions have to be made for certain things that are not working? Yeah.
0: Yeah, like every day, like every job. Right? Like, yeah.
1: it's a bummer, right? Yeah. But... um. But yeah, that's probably the the biggest misconception. And you know, we've had to have conversations of like, oh yeah, you guys don't care because you're not paying attention. And,
0: yeah, but that's yeah. coming from like the artist, right?
1: Yeah, art- and, and and like, artists
0: are like what I'm finding is yeah, everyone wants to be the favorite child. And look, like we care about everyone, but everyone's to see, everyone like likes to see. I'm sure this is what it is. But yeah, like they see in, you working another artist, like oh, I should be you know like that. And it's like yeah, like we're not saying because we're working with artist A, we're not you know artist course. B over here. You're not getting the same love. It just these are the, you know, what I found, at least on the video side, working the video and marketing departments at labels, it's like, yeah, they have who they're gearing up for that quarter or like who they're really going to push and everyone kind of like does their part for it. And yeah, it's like a cycle of like, who's your horse this quarter and they're all yep. here to help. And, uh, yeah, I feel like it they, they gets a bad rep, the label stuff. And it's like, they're still, they're here to help you. Like, they're not here to, you know, yeah. Pin you down. No, at least what we're starting. Yeah. Where we're yeah. in then, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, and, deals, all that stuff. I'm not in any of those conversations. Like they're all different. Like for me, I I come into work every day because I'm so excited to work with so many different incredible artists. And like, I, it's, it's an honor to like be a part of a lot of these stories. And like, Mm -hmm. I also like, it's fucking nuts. Like uh, I'm interacting with artists. Like, like we talked about in the beginning that like, I literally looked at my entire childhood. Yeah. Like Lincoln park. And like my first CD ever was, um, uh, dookie yeah and now uh we're gonna be celebrating 30 years of dookie in like a really big way yeah and i'm
0: leading the strategy on that like, that's awesome are you able to say, you probably can't say much about that uh like we're gonna do for
1: it we're celebrating the 30th anniversary of dookie and hmm. you're putting in this out in september right yes yes so september, i think we'll be okay. yeah it'll
0: be definitely past september, yes. okay, september yeah okay good then yeah, we're yeah, fine yeah, yeah. um
1: yeah no there there's gonna be um something really cool. Like, cool. coming. Yeah. So
0: sweet. But yeah, we'll it's just be, wild. Like, like uh, we'll be at Warner. You guys have a really cool office downtown, right? You're we downtown. have a beautiful office. Yeah. Like, and I don't say that because I work <laughs>
1: there. Like the shit is like next level. Yeah. For sure. It's, um, it's the old Ford factory of the West coast. Yeah. So like I remember the, you had me for lunch one time. Oh, did couple, I tell you this
0: already? Well, no, no, no. You go ahead and tell me. But you had me oh. over one time for, like, lunch. It was, like, right when you kind of started there, too. Yeah. I came by, and, uh, yeah, it was cool. You just showed me the office a little bit. Yeah,
1: it's it's beautiful. It's in the Arts District in downtown. Um, and, yeah, it's the old Ford factory of the West Coast where they, like, produce the Model Ts. And our office is in, like, the production line of where the cars would go. So you, like, look up, and, like, it's a huge skyline. Or, um glass yeah. like because you had to open up to let the exhaust out because that's like they, you know, they and there's all these pipes and things and like it's just it's just, yeah. it's beautiful the, in, so, yeah. the
0: infrastructure is still kind of there with the yeah. roots that's really it's cool it's dope yeah yeah and uh yeah atlantic's in that building too right
1: all of warner music group is in yeah. that building now yeah. they all so, consolidated. yeah
0: this. i work really closely with a lot of atlantic people and they're like come by the office i'm like yeah i think i know a warner guy there too that hey, I go yeah to. yeah for sure yeah uh one thing i'd like to touch a little bit about too is like you do a cool event You know you put on a cool event too um that's like a showcase right yeah 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 what's Um, it called it's called under the radar
1: under the radar yeah um i do that with my girlfriend jess cool um and her cousin elliot Mm -hmm. um that idea stemmed from covid and a lot of artists doing live stream shows and one of the things i saw was that a lot of artists were playing on rooftops around downtown la yeah
0: and I was like, Oh, I was renting tons of rooftops. Were down. you? Did yeah. you? Do, did you do the Griffin one? Um, maybe in like during COVID. So it what was we were like, doing was like a lot of like the Ellen show or James Corden. They wanted like artists to be performing in dope yeah. places, like Sam Fisher, for instance. I okay. did Sam Fisher for Ellen. Maybe the Griffin one. I definitely did a lot of Griffin back during the COVID area. But like, yeah. But to your point, like we were renting cool like rooftops or ideas for yeah Corden, Ellen. Late night, uh, Fallon, like all them, Kimmel, yeah. like go out in the area and shoot, shoot some stuff. Yeah, I
1: get those fucking uh, drone shots of them <laughs> yeah. playing and shit. It was so rad, and I was like, dude, my rooftop is like right in the mix of all of them. Like, mm-hmm. some of my my place was like in some of them. And I was like, I should do this on my roof, but I wanted. So did
0: they do? You did it on your roof? Yeah, you I live? did a few. Oh, sick. Cool. That's
1: where it all started. I a friend of mine, like she was managing an artist, and she was like, yeah, like let's play three songs and do this, and I had like twenty people and. I can't remember. And just acoustic sets. Just acoustic sets, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um and I did a few of them on my roof, and then Jess was like, I Jess and Elliot were both like they've wanted to do it in their backyard for a while. And we were like, all right, let's like do this in their backyard and like kind of expand it a little bit more. They have a beautiful backyard in mid city. And Elliot is a builder. Like he just fucking Build shit that yeah. like, fixes shit. And uh, I call him our secret weapon, but like he built a whole stage and we just started firing, like doing a couple and like we bring like a couple artists on. The difference is, is like, I'm our whole idea is how do we become different from like what other showcases are in LA because mm-hmm. there's a lot of great showcases that like I love. We yeah. found new music. Jesse and friends so far sounds. school night, maybe was school one? nights, yeah. one of them. Sure. Right. Yeah. Like, and they're all really dope for developing artists. So like mm-hmm. to have another one, it's like, okay. Yeah.
0: What's going to be different about ours and theirs. Yeah,
1: yeah. our. So my whole idea was like, I've always envisioned having, it's much more private. It's for industry people. It's mm-hmm. for artists to feel comfortable enough to come and perform in a very relaxed setting for just industry invite only. Um, so we don't promote them externally anywhere. It's just, you know, word of mouth gets around and you're invited and we try to keep them as free as possible um open bar food and it's a way for artists to showcase themselves um for obviously anyone in the industry to sh- discover a new artist and potentially mm. work with them and then um, networking and then networking yeah everyone meeting one another yeah um i feel and it's, bad i haven't come to one yet man fuck yeah, I need to come. Man, you got to come check one out. I, well, I've been they're, traveling they're, a lot. It's been working. an incredible experience. We've been doing it for like two years now. We've had some just amazing, amazing artists come by, and it's come, become like a thing that I never would have expected. I
0: remember we were saying I did a video in February with Ellie Duhay and Teddy Swims. Oh yeah, and you were wait, like, you
1: did that video? Yeah. So did you know that they met? You at, told me that. Did I tell you that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, because you, you, we I talked think, about this. Yeah, a little god, bit. Well, my on, is on, no, no, it's
0: okay. On Instagram DM, I think you like were posting about it that week, and I was like. Yo, I did the video for him. Like, yo, that's oh, crazy. Dude. Like, I they met at my event and we we kind of briefly just hello Yeah, that was it.
1: super cool. Yeah. And Teddy's on Warner
0: too. Teddy's awesome, man. Dude, he he's so the man. cool. And his his manager's really cool too. Yeah, Luke. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, they Luke. came and we did a lot. We did it's cool because this structure we did with Ellie and Teddy is honestly like going back to like, you know, we're TikTok and YouTube. Like, I understand that people don't want to spend a lot of money on music videos. Like, this has been my Main thing for a while, but I totally get now that you're part of a label and me too, it's like ROI. Like, why am I gonna spend 50 to 100K on a band, an upcoming band to do a music video? Like, if what when it should go on this? So, that being said, like with Ellie and and Teddy, uh, we were close to Ellie's management team and we got like a small budget. It wasn't like terribly small, but it wasn't that big. But what we positioned was like, okay, we're gonna knock out the cover art, we're gonna knock out a little visualizer. Um, and we're knock out a live performance all in the day for like you know fifteen thousand amazing and yeah it gave them all the content they need because they got their cover art for photos they got a live performance which I think does Teddy's mo is just amazing when he does live performances oh yeah yeah and then we did a cool like yeah music video visualizer that my guy director Jordan Wazi like got hella creative with but. Yep. Point being is like, yeah, like that's the kind of content that sometimes you just need to do when you're kind of in that level like Teddy or Ellie were at the moment. And I thought it was amazing. And we're trying to push more people to do that. And people have seen that Columbia Atlantic people are like that we're using as a case study to tell people like, yeah, we don't understand if your artists don't want to spend all that money there's anomalies when we do these big videos with people. But if you want to get visuals, let's get as much, like we said, content, get as much content as you can. Yeah, yeah,
1: Yeah. we talk about that with some artists of just, is it worth doing a whole video, right? Rather than taking that budget, like you said, and just like, let's create like a hundred short videos of just like what your visuals are all about and like see those everywhere. So like, it's, it's, you gotta think differently now more than ever and like take your budget and where is it gonna, you know, how are you gonna maximize it? and. You know, as we all know, people's attention is short. Yeah. You know, so why not create short videos? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean that's that's what we got. I actually never to... thought about that. People's attention is short, create short videos. Yeah. Yeah,
0: putting it like that. And for us as the film people, we're like, so like, because we're in our, you know, our 30s, and we're like, man, like vertical and like 15 seconds. Like, we're used to, like, we want wide and cinematic. And there's a place for that. Like, but also, I, it's just what it is. Yeah. This is where it's consumed. Dude, so and when the TV I'm, came here, yeah. I'm
1: reaching this age now where, like, I'm just like, yo, yeah, well, I'm not cool anymore. <laughs> like, I don't even know what is working and what doesn't. Like, I saw this thing. <laughs> I saw this thing of, like, how late 30s uh, uh, folks, like, use Instagram. And, like, one of the things is, like, they, like, turn the, the word. Side? Like, yeah, no, the wording. Like, when you write wording in, like, a Instagram story and you, like, turn it so it's, like, like diagonal like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, fuck, I do that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, it's not cool anymore. so It's like, I don't know. It's so funny. Like, we, we have this whole... Um, viral marketing team at water and there's all there are all these kids that are like 25 23 they're super fucking smart they're right? in they're it dialed, they're dialed the they know what's up and i'm just like looking at them like wow i'm not a, i'm not the kids anymore man. yeah like, <laughs> yeah like they're so it. I'm, I'm always asking them like all right what that what are we doing here like you know so Same. like you just i've realized that like shit like this is gonna always evolve and i might not be as quick to notice those things so you know like I don't know where I'm going with this, but well, it's
0: important where you're going. is like, it's important to adapt, but it's also important to bring in the people. Like you just said, like asking those, those like 23, 25 year olds, like, what's up? Like exactly. Same thing that I'm doing with these, with these ones here. It's like, I can't be on TikTok longer than five minutes. I find it yeah. obnoxious. I can't like what? get there. Yeah. I have an idea. We, yeah.
1: we, we got, we got some folks that work, work for you here. Yeah. Okay. Wait, how yeah. old are you guys? I'm 22. 20, all right. You guys are twenty two. I mean, 22. you got tas- yeah. uh, test cases right here. What do you guys think?
0: Well, we do. We always. What, it's what? funny that we always are playing demos for them. Like, what is going to be the one? Yeah, and they're yeah, like, yeah, They'll be like, this part is going to be the TikTok sound. We're like, it's funny how they're already like thinking about that. What are you?
1: Yeah. What are you thinking about when you listen to demos? Like, what's the first thing?
0: You can answer. I'm a musician, so I think about a lot of things. But I mean, if we're thinking about TikTok, like, yeah, I mean, what's going to be funny? What's going to be you know, you can keep hearing over and over again without getting tired of yep. it, but it stays in your ear. Yep, and it's like all about that worm. Yep, mm-hmm. yeah. what about you? Yeah, totally. It's like the earworm. If it's catchy, if you're gonna be like humming it, like when you're at like, home you, or like at the gym, anything.
1: Like, yeah, if it's in the it's, it's... and are you guys are you guys just using TikTok or are you like using Reels or like what is your go-to for like content right now? You do. That's like way more like personalized to kind of like the kind of stuff I'm interested in. And the music they play on there is different a lot of the time. Interesting. Interesting. What about threads? What are your guys' thoughts on threads? threads? I haven't even ventured off
0: into threads yet. I don't know if that's going to stick. I'd say YouTube is good too. I watch a lot of YouTube. YouTube shorts? I watch some YouTube shorts, yeah. I have friends that are obsessed with those YouTube shorts. I don't know why. My nephew is 12, and all he is doing is YouTube shorts. I think that's like. For them, like at 22, like it was, they're hitting the TikTok and Instagram. I think, like, yeah, I don't know. For some reason, I think the next generation under them is obsessed with YouTube. Cause I think, like, even my nephew was just always growing up with an iPad in his hands. Like, since he was like four years old, he yeah. was operating YouTube at a four year old. I can't imagine what I could operate as a four year old doing what he did yeah. uh, with technology. And I think, like, yeah, I think, like, it's interesting what you, yeah, that's, that's interesting.
1: Yeah. But, like, that's what's so interesting about music and technology is, like, you know, you look back and man, you can erase so many different things that have kind of happened over time, like MySpace and yeah. LimeWire and all this. You know, and then I, like,
0: that was my thing. What was it? That was uh, what fu- I, that I was Kazaa. What the fuck? I was like LimeWire. Oh, was There's that really? Kazaa, uh, Morpheus. Oh yeah, Well, shit. you are a straight LimeWire. Uh,
1: yeah, mine was LimeWire. There was another one. Um,
0: yeah, K A Z A A Pirate Bay. Pirate Bay. That was one. And we and were then, on of Nap- course, Napster. Napster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's old school. We yeah, were on Napster but like days. Sh-
1: that shit never existed. And then yeah. like social media, and now, and then streaming, and then like you know now you're like seeing okay where's it going next? That's what I'm. That's like what I'm always thinking about. What's next, right? What do you
0: think is next?
1: Well, it's it's an interesting time for music because AI is obviously the new shit right mm-hmm. now, right? Uh, on top of the fact, you know, that I don't want to ignore Web 3. I still think Web 3 is very important, although it's kind of been put in the background because of what is happening with AI. Yeah.
0: Well, my th- my thing with Web 3 to touch on real quick I think there's always a four year cycle happening with that shit like 09, yeah. you know, 13, 17, 21. Yep. But like 20. So my point being, I think 25. We're gonna see again this dopamine effect kick to everyone. I hope so because
1: I'm buying my Bitcoin <laughs> in Ethereum right now. I'm not making this mistake uh, again. I haven't.
0: I haven't sold my Omi coin. It's uh, it supposed to be a billionaire on Omi. God, David come Flynn. On. David Flynn promised me this. Damn it. Yeah. Damn it, David Flynn. Yeah, he promised shit. me. Well, just sit on Omi it. Coin. You
1: know, 2025. Yeah. You never know. Oh, I know. I've, I haven't <laughs> thought about it, but
0: yeah, that being like, uh, yeah, I agree. I think the Web3 stuff, like. I think it was pretty kind of early, like when it kind of came on board. As everything is, like it scares people when new shit happens. Big time, big time. It it kind of goes down, but then it comes back to normality, right? So
1: then you start to think about, like, okay, where are people's attention going, and and what is what is coming next? You see, like threads, threads, great example. Just an explosion, whether it sticks or not, whatever. Right, it's got the attention that it needs. But like this is what's happened is like there's always an evolving of technology and people's attention, and we're not out for people's. Uh, hard dollars anymore, we're out for people's attention. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. you know, like, that's why I always preach artist development with fans. Everyone is always all about followers and, and monthly listeners. And yes, those are important when you're having day-to-day conversations. But like at the end of the day, if you want to be an, a career artist that is going to, this is going to be your life, that you're playing shows, you're, you're shifting culture, like it shouldn't matter where your fans are on, online. It should be wherever... Time is going. They they want to be along the ride with you as an artist, mm-hmm. right? So it's just like you can never transfer over. Like you saw at MySpace, like you so many bands in the scene had so many followers that doesn't transfer over to Facebook, Facebook, right. you know, and so on and so forth. Yeah, and
0: then four, four programs later, you're like, right. You so, Dashboard professional on TikTok. I don't know. Like, right. but, like, like, TikTok they, yeah. just
1: launched their streaming service in a couple markets. Yeah.
0: Like sound on, is that, what
1: we're um, about, or no? Well, uh, sound on is their just dis- distribution oh, right. company, right, right. but yeah. their streaming service, that's, I think it's different. Yeah. Um, but you know, could that be a, a, a competitor? I,
0: could be. I, I don't think so. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, but could I'm it? I'm glad and you don't. I'm glad you don't think so.
1: I don't just because like I it, unless they have something else to like offer. Um, it, it just feels like it might be too late to the U.S. market. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, I'm not an analyst, so. <laughs> but yeah, like I. But again, that's where I kind of think of blockchain. Could blockchain shift music streaming and like how? music gets paid out and artists getting paid that could a streaming service come along and build their a service on the blockchain that could potentially reach direct direct uh direct to fans and and to the artists like
0: like we saw some of that with like what, like blau like what yeah did. like yeah, okay yeah.
1: I, I don't want to talk about nfts because no, like no, no. everyone hates nfts but the but like that concept for, from a basic standpoint that shit's like super interesting if you if you approach it in the right way and present it in the right way, and it just all got fucked with NFTs Mm -hmm. and getting people getting screwed and the barrier to entry, you know, setting up a wallet, all that shit is wild. Yeah. And I, I felt like I was pretty well versed in all of it and still I was, I was lost. Yeah. So, um, and then AI. Yeah. I think AI is, you know, what Grimes is doing right now is like fucking that's wild. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of controversy. What, what's
0: she doing exactly? Because I, I know, but from just my for my understanding,
1: listeners. she is licensing her voice yeah. to
0: be used
1: on other songs. Right.
0: Like she's the one that's like, I'm okay with what's ha- what Correct. they're gonna do to me. Yes. Like they're gonna do it anyways. I'm gonna give my blessing now. Right. She's 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 yeah, leaning she's, into it. She's leaning it. into it. And yeah, yeah, I've seen that in the news and stuff. It's so crazy that, to that, see where that it goes. That could be from. pretty
1: wild. I don't know. I don't really know. But like, that's what's so exciting. Nobody gets it. Yes. this is the theme I, I guess like when as we like talk about it like I don't I don't get it I don't know where it's going next I would never even think that I would be in this position in in streaming and what I do in my professional job when I first started and I don't expect to be doing the same thing in 20 years mm-hmm. you know it's just kind of have to like flow with
0: it nobody gets it it's no, great, no great one gets brand it. name right
1: yeah I love it I think it's great
0: so <laughs> we've just been building off of you know the records the management now the podcast Um, it's just been our, been our theme. It's
1: great, man. It's great branding. It's awesome. It's very exciting what you guys are doing. And like, dude, like you're, you're setting yourself up because this is another thing we talk about with version three and why it just can't be a label. You can't just be a standard label anymore. You really have to have all sorts of different, avenues to help artists in different ways you're providing that right Mm -hmm. like distribution content creation strategy like josh and i talk about these things all the time right yeah Um, i
0: had one atlantic reps uh atlantic videos uh like commissioner come over here to hang out one time um and he i thought he was just coming over about like dojo and doing videos but he was like honestly i want to talk about the whole thing because mainly about nobody gets and he's like what, exactly the, what you just listed off, like content and marketing services and label services and management. Like this is like kind of a new thing that is, that labels are going to try to go after is like these kind of collective units, like us mm-hmm. or like you, um, that can do like kind of the full service kind of thing yeah. and understand artist development all around. Totally. And yeah, he came over and was just like preaching a little bit about like running with this, and he's like, "However I can help," and I'm he's a very good guy um and i'm going to tap into him when i can but yeah. yeah it's like i was surprised when he's like dude every label is trying to talk in the boardrooms about how you guys might have have something here yeah and yeah. dude
1: it's it's crazy i i had an, a really awesome experience i got to meet jack, jack holdsman who is the founder of electro records oh cool he is he's he's an old guy now yeah. but he do, comes into the office and he's still working away nice but, you know, like I asked him, I was like, Jack, I, I ask every person who's kind of in your position and where you're at in your life, what was your first job in the music business? And he goes, I started a label in my college dorm room and mm-hmm. I called it Electra. <laughs> Dude, and he he is he's a legend. He is the one that pretty much built... Um, Uh, uh, helped partnership with Atlantic and with Warner and helped build ADA to provide a a distribution platform for Warner. And then Electra now it's one of the three majors of Warner records. He's Mm -hmm. a fucking legend. Yeah. But like him saying that, I was like, dude, like this, nobody gets it version three. Like you don't know where it could go. It could become, you know, another major in, in some sort of way. Right. Like you just never know, but it all kind of starts like, I was like, I have some faith that like maybe this could could go somewhere pretty big, right? I think so. Yeah, so. I think
0: we we keep to our course, we keep to our passions, keep to our niche, yeah, and stay true to why we did this in the first place. Uh, that you know, I think I think it really does go it's cliche everything I said, but it's like really the truth, man. I think artists see that, and other now majors are seeing it too. Yeah, big time. Yeah.
1: And we we partner uh, Warner Records partners with. We have so, uh, tons of JVs with all sorts of different yeah um,
0: independent. Labels like we like, um, Royal the Serpent. Like, their their whole. I don't know if you're familiar with that whole uh, squad. Uh, who, what is she um, on I, I should know uh, this actually. MBD, uh, she's on with Mike. Fuck, I'm blanking right now. MBD Management, though, but they were also a no, you know what? It's a completely different name, Ver. Volcom or something?
1: Yeah, I don't. I can't remember. She's Atlantic. Yeah, right? she's Atlantic she's, now.
0: Yeah. And But but her, whole like, management and then, like, when the, my Atlantic guy came over, like, he was using them as an example. Like, they worked out a deal with Atlantic. They were yeah. like us, right? Yeah. Working with artists like this and Atlantic gave them a deal. Yeah. And I mean, that's brought them in. Yeah. That's what's
1: cool about majors is, like, yeah. they can partner. You can still be, you know, an independent label operating on your own but have the backing of a major. So, you know, we have, we have, we work with a lot of, like, self-sufficient, um labels that are just upstream to warner Mm -hmm. um and a lot of artists like to do that these days too they have their own label and they just upstream it to warner and we're you know we're working with them on a daily basis so yeah um it's definitely possible for us
0: yeah um what is uh i mean we definitely already answered my theme of this podcast you know was it nobody gets about yourself or what you do but maybe it is like what uh, I do want to maybe throw it back. Like, what is it that nobody gets about like the career path you've taken in the last 16 years? Maybe it's the work ethic. I mean, you kind of answered even about Pandora. It's like, you know, you said like, you know, as much as it hurt, and I've been in that situation too, where I was like, pretty much like almost like laid off from a production company, but it's disguised. It was a blessing. Like, what is it that nobody, you know, gets about, you know, it could be about your job and the, we even talked about misconceptions, but is there any other piece that we could give to the people listening that they might not get about what what you do or what, what um, you've gone through?
1: It's a great question, man. I, I think that like when I think back now and when I was younger and I'm sure like a lot of the next generation is thinking this now that I've been in this business long enough, I think one thing that I didn't get was how much time it takes to really become Ingrained in this business. Mm-hmm. Like it takes time to build relationships. It takes time to understand how to move, what to do, what, you know, what, how to talk to artists, how to interact. I don't think like, and, and maybe, maybe, I don't know. I don't know if this really is answering the question, but I guess nobody gets that, um, you know, like people are sitting at the top of what they do now because they've been in it for years. Facts. Yeah. And that takes time and patience. And hard work, like it, th- it. From an outside perspective, and my friends who don't work in music have always said, like Ben, you have like a fucking crazy life, and you can do this fucking crazy Same. shit. Yeah, and, like don't get me wrong, it's like wild. Yeah, but like in between all of those Instagrammable moments is, like, some shitty-ass days, hard work. Long Tough conversations. Weekends, maybe. Very upset people, upset yourself because something – like, it's it's a grind, right? And, like, dude, mistakes, like, all sorts of shit. I've made so many mistakes. Leaking shit, (laughs) releasing shit, saying something wrong to an artist. I mean, I can name – I've made so many fucking mistakes. Like, it's wild. Yeah. Um, And I just – I guess, yeah, to wrap it, I just think nobody gets that, like – if you want to be in music, you ha- you have to be in it for the long term, just like the artist is. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that's that's what I was like thinking about the garage, is like, you know, like where where I came from, and building having shows in my garage, and playing those shows. I realized that like that's kind of how what we're building for every single artist is like to for their garage to grow, right? And like, how do you partner with other? Um, streaming services or any any partner it's like they have their garage it's big yeah right yeah you have your garage so how do you excite your garage to get them to want to come and hang out in yours i love that that's what we were doing when we were kids yeah and like but that shit it takes time effort and energy and and patience and consistency and you like you'll get dragged down a lot while you do it Mm -hmm. but if you stay in it and you believe in it and you love what you're doing every day and you remind yourself when you have those really exciting moments, like I go to shows and I get to be, you know, watch an artist grow. It's like, fuck, this is worth it. Yeah. And yeah, eventually you just, I don't know. I mean, I, I still feel like I'm just getting started in my career. I do too. You know, yeah. it's early for me. I'm still learning myself. Yeah. Um, And I'm, I'm trying to keep that, that mentality now more than ever. Mm-hmm. So I guess that answers the question. No,
0: that was a beautiful answer. That was a great answer. Nailed it. And yeah, I think we're like we just asked them back there. Like, what are you guys doing? Like, we're constantly. You constantly have to be a student to the game of this music industry and keep adapting and keep learning those platforms and keep learning strategy. And yeah, I think you like to to go off what you said. Yeah, it's like you're never. No one's. It's never going to happen overnight. Like the people that do find fame success overnight is one in a million. Yeah, and you have to build it. Like everything we. With Dojo House, when nobody gets it, I always knew like it's twenty four months. Like get twenty four months, and then it's gonna be promising. But put in those twenty four months, and it'll get to the places you'll start to see that see you know the start, start to see some leaves growing out of the ground. Yeah,
1: yeah. And we kind of yeah. I think we talked about this earlier, but like also having respect for one another is really important because yeah. like as I get older, like we talked about earlier, like the kids that are the next generation, like. I have to remind myself to be open to them telling me like, no, this is the way to do it. Yeah, right. And like, as you get further in your career, it gets tough to be like, no, 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 no dude. I've been in this business for twenty years. You haven't. You. This is your second. No, 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 no. The, like, I. You got to be open to hearing that. Like, yeah, that's what they're doing, right? Like, mm-hmm. you, and and I just like that's. I want to be at the top. I want to run a label, whether it be version three or the head of Warner one day, whatever it may be like, I, I I want that and see that for myself. And I feel like the only way I do it is like everyone below me has to kick ass 10 times more than I do. Definitely. And if that, if I have that, then we're going to be the most successful label ever.
0: Yeah. It's a team sport. Yeah, I can see it, man. I have high uh, everything along the way. I can't believe sitting here now. I'm like ten years. Wow, I've known you ten years, and yeah, dude, I've seen the career grow. I've seen you just chase the passion and stay passionate. It's truly inspiring uh, Thanks, for man. me, and I'm glad our friendship has stayed the way it has. And yeah, man, I can't wait to just see you keep going into the person you're trying to become and nice. to this career, man. So, no, I
1: appreciate that a lot, dude. You're yeah. you're you're one of the main homies, and um, it, it's been nice to come back. I, I haven't talked about my past in a long time and it's nice to relive and like be reminded of these things for myself um so dude this this is awesome i highly support everything you're doing and like let me know if I can help in any sort of way. Oh, you
0: will, dude. You will. I think there's a lot of things we can still collaborate and do. Hundred percent, dude.
1: Hundred percent. Yeah,
0: I'm happy we did this. I, it was poor me to have core individuals on this, and you were one of them. And thank you, dude. Just thanks for being on this, man. Thanks, dude. As yeah. long
1: as mine does better than Alex Luntz, then uh, <laughs> I'm I'm happy. We'll make sure of that we're uh, going to pump up the streams <laughs> if we have to. That's
0: awesome. Hell all right, that's nobody gets a podcast. Check it out more on all our uh, platforms. And is Ben Barber, and we are signed. Peace.
1: You see the money and you think you wanna be soon to know so friendly and it's got me freaking old So if you wanna like commit like
0: Super huge homicide. <laughs> to- I need to cut that one out. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> <Go to, laughs> out right? Let me finish, and then we can cut it. Go to Arizona, Texas, and go to that motel and go to the gas station. And and you're scot free. For any room number, and they will give it to and you. And that's the intro. <laughs> yeah, that is the, the intro. intro. <laughs> cool.